0: Jurofsky show for this Wednesday, September 6th, starts now. On today's show, it's Monroe Wednesdays. Monroe Anderson's here. He's talking to Ben Jarovsky about the big first Tuesday show last night and a lot more, so stick around. The Ben Jirofsky Show brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader chicagoreader.com for everything there is to know in the city of chicago where to go what to do what to eat what to drink anything you want to know just head to chicagoreader.com and if you want more ben jorofsky just head to chicagoreader.com forward slash jorofsky i'll spell that for you j-o-r-a-b is in victory s-k-y
1: Hello again, everybody. Ben Jerovsky here. We're calling this Brandon Talks Wednesday, and here's why. Yes, indeed. Mayor Brandon Johnson came to the promontory last night for our first Tuesday show. Me and my partner in crime, Maya Duke Masifa, were the hosts, and he gave us an hour of his time. And so, thank you very much, Mayor Brandon Johnson. What a great evening it was if you're a political junkie. And I am a political junkie, as is Monroe, who's uh, standing by. And uh, I- I'll tell you what, folks. There was so much back intrigue to getting Mayor Johnson to show up at that club at that time that continued up until the moment he came on the stage with us. I'll hold off on that. Maybe you'll write about it sometime. I don't know, but it, there was so much intrigue going on to get him there. And so, like, <laughs> when he finally came on stage, I was so happy, and I had gout, baby. I was playing in pain. Okay, and gout's a funny little disease to have. You know, it's like inflammation in the big toe of my foot, okay, my right foot. And uh, so I'm limping around, and, and people think gout is a joke. I've discovered this. I've had gout for a long time, you know, on and off. And people think gout is like an old man's disease, a drinking disease, you eat too much liver disease or whatever. Uh, so it's kind of people laugh when, yeah, I got gout. You got gout? Oh, I had an uncle with gout. So There I am limping around in pain. Popping painkillers. Uh, I want to thank the whole crew who showed up. Uh, Kenny Davis was there. Linda Paul was there. Michael Girardi was there. And he was with his wife. Jay Marie was there. Frank was there. John Kasloff. A lot of good people. There. Miles Conflossum was there. Uh, and um, like I said, he gave us a full hour of his time. Brandon Johnson did. And it was funny because uh, they've been very cautious about how they allot their time. Uh, the Brandon Johnson uh, press uh, operation, and so so for the, the first hundred days is a typical story of Miles Marker in any um, administration, presidential, mayoral, and so all the, a lot of reporters. I think all the reporters that we want to interview Mayor Johnson for our first hundred days story, and he was allotting ten minutes. We talked about this on the show. McDumpkey came on the show. And he was allotting ten minutes, and and uh, we got an hour, and so. <laughs> Some of my friends of the mainstream journalistic persuasion were like, "Oh, Ben, you get an hour. <laughs> oh, you're the favorite kid in the class today, Oh, huh? You keep the teacher an apple." Let me just say this, man. I paid my dues. Okay, it was a lefty movement that ushered him in the office. I've been been a lefty writer in this town since 1981. It finally paid off. Ah, being a leftist is so such a lucrative thing. This palatial studio i have in my attic overlooking the alley is just one indication of what a wonderful life it is to be a leftist journalist in the city of chicago i was laughing because i finally got like an hour's worth of the mayor's time uh when the uh the mainstreamers got 10 minutes i'm thinking man what a difference this was from the 90s mayor daly's people wouldn't even call me back we're getting a time with mayor daly i couldn't get the pr people uh to call me back Except for
2: Becky, man. Becky always called me
1: back. Gotta give her a shout out. Uh, but the rest of them were like, oh, "I'm not dealing with that hippie commie." That's whatever. And then Roms people, of course, they hated me. So yeah, uh, got a full hour of uh, Mayor Brandon's time. Would have had more. I think he was really into it. But uh, Ronnie, uh, the press secretary, who was so helpful, Monroe get a kick out of this. Uh, at like about an hour into the show, he walked, literally walked up to the stage with his cell phone out. And uh, show show me the picture, what time it was. All right, time to go. <laughs> Protecting his mayor. That's what he's doing. That's what Ronnie's supposed to do. I'm not complaining, Ronnie, because uh, uh, thank you very much for making it happen. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of journalists who were there, Allison of the uh, Chicago Tribune and Shia Capos of Politico. Thank you very much for showing up. Uh, And also, thank you for writing uh, about it. I was so obsessed and absorbed with the interview that um, I wasn't taking notes. So it was like if I was going to do a report on what Mayor Johnson said, I couldn't do it. So here I am in a position where I have to quote Shia Kapos from last night's event to tell you what happened at the event if you missed it. And I want to assure you that uh, we have a recording of it. We're going to drop that next week. So you'll be able to hear the full thing. Uh, So Shia Kapos, thank you very much. Uh, and I also cut kind a of deal with uh, Shia Kapos. She's going to come on my humble little show. So uh, I'm very proud about that. Very happy about that. Uh, there's a couple of things that uh, I'm going to highlight before we uh, bring Monroe on, because I really want to get Monroe's opinion about some of the things uh, that uh, Brandon Johnson had to say. Um, but one was where I was asking about Dr. Awadi. And, uh, of course, it was the health commissioner that Brandon Johnson fired. Uh, And I began that question with sort of an apology because I feel as though I've been callous. I explained this uh, to Mayor Johnson and to Maya. Like, I feel I've been callous on this point because I just I'm no fan of Dr. Owadi's reign as health commissioner. I'm no fan of where the health commissioners of the city have been for the last 30 years. I think it's been a retreat on health needs in the city of Chicago. Uh, That's been to the detriment of the city of Chicago, the privatization of the health department, the firing of city workers, good jobs that pay well and have pensions and that force people to live in the city of Chicago and doling out contracts to private entities who are not required to live in the city of Chicago. I think it's a form of suicide that undercuts the city. I don't think it would have happened under old man Mayor Daly, daddy Daly, Richard J. Daly, For all his problems, he understood a fundamental reality of Chicago. You have to invest in the people of Chicago to a certain degree. So I don't think it would have happened under him. It's been happening under his kid, Richard M. Daly. Rahm loved it. And Lori Leifert carried the torch as well. And so uh, to me, Arwadi was more the same. So I was, I'm like, why I, as a lefty would I be championing uh, Arwadi? And then there were like, she has a lot of fans in this town. They were upset with some of the comments I made. Uh, and uh, so I was almost apologetic. Well, you know, I, I want to say it right. I don't want to be too callous. Uh, and uh he kind of ducked a little bit on that. And you want to get into uh, specifics of uh, why he fired her? But then I contrasted it with James Francic, who is a labor lawyer who's negotiating contracts for years and years and years for the city. Used to be sit on the other side from uh, uh, Karen Lewis when they were negotiating for the Chicago Teachers Union. The Chicago Teachers Union, uh, and he sat on the other side from Stacey Davis Gates as well, a ferocious negotiator, uh, and would be like uh, just hammering away. Karen used to make fun of him all the time, and mutations of him all the time. Brandon Johnson kept him; he <laughs> he kept frantic, and I am laughing. And I asked him about that: why keep one and not the other? And he said, uh, according to Shia Campos, thank you Shia for giving this quote. Uh, for me, there is criteria for my form of leadership: having competence as well as the desire to be collaborative. Those are two very important dynamics. The third one is compassionate. Hmm, Franchik is a compassionate negotiator. Uh, I don't, listen, man, the guy knows negotiations. See, it was my attitude kind of about Arwadi. I had that with Rosanna Rodriguez. I'm like, okay, she's a political person. I didn't say hack, ladies and gentlemen. I said a political person. So if she's going to do the privatization bidding of uh, Lori Lightfoot, she's just following the mayor. Now you have a new mayor who comes in and has a different vision. So she'll just do whatever the new mayor wants. Just keep her along. Same thing with Francis, you know. We had a little thing like that, uh, similar situation like that. I was talking with Maya when we were negotiating a contract uh, with uh, for the reader with the Sun-Times, way back when the Sun-Times owned us. There was a change in management, and the negotiator, who was playing hardball with us one day, next day showed up with a Hawaiian shirt on. It was like giving out raises. Funny how negotiators will change their tune. Uh, when the boss changes. In other words, if the boss gives the order, you just follow the order. Anyway, all right, Monroe. I'm going to bring you on now. You were not there last night, uh. But this is the part of what Mayor Johnson had to say that I would love for your thoughts on. Okay, Monroe. Um. So just one more time, Monroe Anderson. Uh, for a couple of years was Mayor Eugene Sawyer's press secretary. Eight months. How many? 15 months. 15 months, okay. He
2: did last two years.
1: He did not last two years. I right. said corrected. And it's a debate uh, on this show. Who is a, the more authoritative source on white people? Me or Monroe? Uh, Monroe likes to think he knows more about white people because he's had to work among them for his entire professional life, which has gone on now. Monroe, are you ready for this? 50 years
2: Damn.
1: 50. 50 years, man.
2: 53 to be exact.
1: Okay, 53, exactly.
2: Seventy, I started. And so uh,
1: I always say, yeah, that's true. But I have been a white person my entire <laughs> life. So I think I know a thing or two about them, okay? Uh, you take them for granted. I don't. <laughs> what, it's what, I, White people, I love you. Don't. Okay? Don't give me grief. You know I love you, all right? And I just want to say this some of my best friends are white people. Just gonna say that, Monroe, all right? Okay.
2: Uh Relatives too.
1: <laughs> but it's always funny, man. So whenever a black person criticizes white people, there's a defensiveness that generally white people have, Monroe. They can't help it. And You know what I'm saying? It's And I'm in the – I know it. I'm here too. I understand it. So it's like, wait a minute. You're playing the race card now. You're trying to manipulate me. I'm not like that. It's other people who are like that. I'm not like that. And so I understand that. But I don't know why people sometimes just – I think black people have a point, okay? So Monroe, this yeah. is what uh, Mayor Johnson last night was talking about uh how he, as a black man who is the mayor of the city of Chicago, is treated uh and he was talking about sort of like the uh microaggressions in the press and how like the press calls him slow when he thinks it's being deliberate, but when The press says he's slow, they're sending a message about black people, they're slow. Here's what he said, quote, there's coverage of me being slow, unconscionably. Why is he overcautious? These are microaggressions that if you don't have the lens of those who have lived these experiences, you would just miss it. There's a different standard that I'm held to, there is. And that's not something that I'm mad at, but that's just the reality. I'm not the first person of color, particularly a black man, that will be held
2: to a different standard.
1: Now, Monroe, when white people hear a black person say things like that, they say he, in this case, he is playing the race card. And they dismiss it. The instinct is to dismiss it. And they say it's not fair. It's not true. How do you see it?
2: Okay, before I answer that, I just want to note that you are now officially the justice field justice fields of 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 Chicago <laughs> political commentators. The rest of us never play her, but there you go, doing the job. Thank you. Thank yes. you for saying, gout is no joke, baby. I was playing in pain. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, having said that, yes, many years ago, in the the mid-70s, Winston Moore, uh, for your younger listeners, he used to be the Cook County sheriff. No, He's Warden. A- Warden. Warden of the jail. Warden, yeah, right. Warden. And he told me, that a Tribune reporter, a fellow Tribune reporter working for the Tribune, said that I was lazy. Okay, now, and, and Winston's response to that was, of course, they say that about all of us. And which was true because of, you know, I, I was lazy in that I was not anxious to do obituaries. Because as 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 the Tribune would have it, Black reporters got to do more obituaries than anybody else because it was the lowest, lowliest thing you could be assigned to do it. Uh, but at the same time, I was freelancing for other publications because I wanted to write. I wanted to be a reporter. But I was not being given the best assignments uh, there, as, as was the same for most of the Black reporters there. Okay, now to Mayor Johnson. If you will recall, several months ago, before he was actually sworn in, I told you he would not get a honeymoon. Mayor Eugene Sawyer did not get a honeymoon. Harold Washington did not get a honeymoon. Uh, They were given uh more attention to their, to their imagined shortcomings than Mayor Daley got, uh, your fave Mayor Rahm got. I mean, there is a difference in the coverage because most of the political reporters in Chicago are white. And so they, and they come with it with a white perspective. And part of that white perspective, I mean, okay, let's, let's go back again to sports. There once was a time when, uh, white, white reporters covering sports would talk about how the black, uh, athletes were this natural, they had this natural talent. They didn't factor in that there's a certain intelligence into playing a game if you're a champion well or that there's a worth ethnic, any of that. It was like the ones who were really good, they just had this and it just flow off their tongue. So he's a really talented <laughs> young <guy. laughs> man. Whereas white white <laughs> athletes had all these other attributes that were admirable and showed um, other talents and skills. I mean, that's how it happens. Oh, yeah. I, I When I, I when I was fighting with right-wingers on Facebook, anytime I said something they did, they are like, critical of white people, they accused me of playing the race card. Yeah. My retort to them was, I'll tell you what, I'll trade my race card for your stacked deck any day. Yeah. And that's the reality, is white people have the stacked deck. And anytime we point out, uh, their stack deck practices—they accuse us of playing the race card.
1: Well, I'll—I'll I'll go back to something you said. I, I don't even know um, if white people are conscious of this, but the things they say—and I'll, I'll deal with Daily first before we get to Ram. Okay. The things they told me about Daily were just so. So obviously not true. They were obviously like contradicted what we saw of Daly. And so they felt compelled to tell me things like so Mayor Daly, Richard M. Daly, uh just to remind everybody, was sort of tongue-tied. He tripped all over his tongue when he spoke. And it was sometimes he didn't understand what he was saying. It was like I think I understand what he's saying, but I'm not quite sure I understand what he's saying. So what white people would tell me was that he's really brilliant. but He's just doing that because he knows that'll play well to Chicago. The Chicagoans, think about this, Monroe, what they're saying about Chicagoans. Chicagoans, I don't have as bad an opinion about you as the people that – Run this city. I'm just telling you that, okay? So he's essentially saying, you're so stupid, you want to hear somebody stupid sounding as your mayor, because then you're like, oh, he understands
2: me. He doesn't think he's better than me. Right. Uh, We see that on a national level right now with one Donald John Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Same difference. So he's, he's speaking on a, a third-grade level, and that's okay.
1: <laughs> that is true. And you'll get on a uh, – like, it is weird. It, there are some similarities. So, right. for instance, so I would hear these uh, – follow me this one. So these white people from basically North Northside uh, liberals will be telling me that when you have a private conversation with Mayor Daley, he's so brilliant. He's so smart. He's so insightful. He's so well-read. It's unbelievable if you, you – one day you may be lucky enough to have a private conversation with this brilliant mayor. And um, so then I'll go to Fox TV and I'll uh, watch – what's that called? Jesse Waters, is that his name? I'm blanking on his name. He's some uh, Fox TV guy. I watch Fox TV folks to see what the hell's going on, just so you know. I I find out what Mag is up to. The stuff they say about Trump, Monroe. He's like, I'm the mugshot. He, th- this dude was talking about Trump's mugshot, and he was like, well, you know, I'm a, he- a heterosexual man, but I'm just going to tell you, he looked hot in that mug." Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> what the
1: hell are you talking about? First of all, he doesn't look hot at all. He looks like an old man right. <laughs> with uh, a comb-over.
2: Uh, if real. you like old men with comb-overs, Trump is hot.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I have, to, like, I have
2: to be one of them, though. That likes... A- Oh, man, what he you call, call, uh, call him over?
1: Yeah, so, you you know, so, like, you read that coverage of Daily, it would be like, Daily, they would put words in there, like, Daly's so smart, Daly's so politically shrewd, Daily's playing the chess game, everyone's playing chess. And with Rama it was the same way. He's relentless, he's on, he never stops, he's always, like, work, he's always working with ideas, and he's Rolodex a second and not. They just, like, effusive in their raise for these guys and then all of a sudden brandon comes in he's slow he's plotting
2: <laughs> oh no, you know, the thing is white people are very good at making white people look good uh them. for example this is this just this is just a minor example um the the the, the first great superman on on the movies uh if you remember, uh Lois Lane lived in a penthouse in Manhattan. Uh do you know of any reporter no. in yeah. New York? No. Any place else can afford to live if 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 they didn't marry well, can afford to have picked uh, 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 picked the right parents. Yeah. Or Lois can afford to live in a penthouse in, in yeah. Manhattan.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And Lois Lane, for the record, did not. I think she was un uh, unmarried and she was, I don't know, not she particularly. She or
2: well. uh, hoping to date uh, Superman if she'd been a married woman. Yeah. That, that would be a no no for Superman, not for, for Lois Lane. Cause <laughs> you, you can understand a woman wants to be hanging out with Superman. <laughs> but Superman, who was living the American way, would never. Yeah fool around with a married woman
1: so how would you frame it so you want to express this is a so brandon johnson has a very ambitious agenda that uh he has uh come, it's the lefty agenda it's trying to like undo 40 years of conservative democrats daily and rom heck of a job chicago in electing these guys Uh, So he's trying to undo that at a time where he's his. there's a lot of constraints, not a lot of money floating around. Uh, There's the um, influx of uh, asylum seekers that uh, the the city has to deal with. That's costing money. The feds aren't kicking in the money. So he's got a lot of challenges, Monroe. Yes. Uh, And uh, any plan to raise taxes? Yeah, go ahead.
2: And Richard... M. Daly sold off all the geese that laid the golden age, so he has he has no revenues well few revenues, streams. Yeah. Because Daly sold them off yeah, absolutely. To, to make himself look good. Yes.
1: And, and and I just want to point out, uh, mainstream Chicago, you spent the nineties sucking up to daily and promoting Daly as the great leader of this city and telling me stuff like he's really brilliant behind the scenes so that he had so much power he could sell off the meters i
2: was like and you know and the skyway and the skyway and and the parking lots parking garages yes uh and i sure are there things i'm forgetting but no he
1: wanted he was talking
2: about selling off the waterworks yeah right yeah, the Great Lakes are twenty percent of all the fresh water in the world. In the world, twenty percent of it, yeah. and he's gonna okay. So the Great Lakes, Chicago's one of of uh, five, right? Five Great Lakes. Yeah. yeah. So that would be four percent if you just counted Lake Michigan by itself. So he was about to sell out four <laughs> percent of all the fresh water oh, in the whole man. wide world. And it would have been a bargain, I can yeah. guarantee you, if, if it was like everything else. Yeah,
1: and then, like, if anybody stood up to him, it was such an odd, they were treated like an oddball creature. I give Scotty Waggis back credit. He stood up to him uh, on the parking meter. There were one guy, one guy. I mean, other, there were four other Parliament who voted against it, but only Scott, like, did an analysis of it. And uh, so very, very strange uh, city. And what Brandon Johnson was effectively pointing out last night, there is a double standard. There's a double standard uh, when it comes to a person who's black, who's the mayor, and and people who, what we saw with Lori Lightfoot. Suddenly, you know, Lori Lightfoot was mean and nasty through elbows, and they were like, oh, my God, what a mean, nasty mayor she is. Well, what what was wrong? (laughs) The meanest, nastiest guy in the block daily. Threatening to stick a rifle up Mick McDumpkey's butt and shoot him. He was mean and nasty. You get what I'm saying, Monroe? But when, the, when it was Lori Lightfoot.
2: What happened to Midway Airport? I, I forget. What, do, you, do, do you remember Midway?
1: Not Midway. You mean okay. Megs Field? Megs Field, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I so not remember Midway, Meg. yeah. yeah Meg. Megs Field, yes. Nice. In the middle of the night.
2: Right, exactly. Okay, <laughs> take this Chicago. Yeah.
1: Oh God, and I remember, uh I remember Chicago. It's like, you know what that? Oh my God, that's such an abuse of power. And re- for me, actually, when I'll be honest with you, I've been dealing with Mayor daily abuse of power for all the nineties, and it was against them. I'm like, well, I kind of like. Right. Taking away feel putting a park yeah. there. So if you're gonna abuse your power, it you might as well,
2: yeah, well put it. Th- you know, the thing I, I've been um, I've been dealing with Mayor Daly since the '80s. I, I had a, a column I was writing in the Tribune in '82, '83, 80, 83, yeah, '83, starting at '83, and I, I was writing about um, uh, birds back then. Yeah. I was, I, was, I was writing a lot of anti-daily stuff back then. Uh, and, but I also, as a press secretary, uh, I got to fly out of Meigs to Springfield. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. <laughs> yeah, you love that stuff, man. You were a little large
1: as a private guy. I was going to sit in the skybox at Bear Games, right, you know, lord right. it over us. Uh, and then, you know, call Monroe up. And then, <laughs> I, yeah, I was thinking of you. You you actually, uh, Ronnie Reese, who's the Mayor uh, Johnson's uh, press secretary, in so many ways reminds me of you from back in the day. And uh, as I said earlier, Brandon Johnson was on stage last night with Maya and myself at the Promontory, and he seemed like he was really into it. And we were gone for, we were up for over an hour. And I think he'd have stayed on for another hour. We could have t- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I feel like he is, his juices were gone. He was yeah. enjoying the back and forth and he's he was teasing different. me like he likes to do. Uh, and then Ronnie comes up there with that phone, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, Monroe Anderson, <laughs> you got to get my my guy off this stage. Okay. You know, look it out for the mayor, his guy. Uh, you
2: know? uh, you, you know, your job is to make, the mayor look good. I help make the mayor look good. That's that's your job. Yeah. I, I I I once, t- when I was press secretary, I wasn't directly responsible, but I was overall responsible to all the PR people, all the departments. So I was addressing them one day, and I told them, I said, "Your job, our job, is to make the mayor look good." Inc reported that like it was like oh, Did you hear what he said? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going oh, God. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> you know? I mean that's the press secretary's job. Yeah. And I and I, I think I've t i have I may I don't know if I've told you this privately or on your show, but back in the, in seventy one I was dating for a brief period of time. This woman who had been an Icat she was in hair at the time I was dating her, and she told me that I Tina Turner's philosophy: yeah. is you always leave them wanting more. Yeah. Don't satiate them. You you get them really revved up where they're loving the show. You cut it off so that they'll look forward to seeing you the next time. And with a mayor. That's what you need to do. I like, because um a a Benjarsky will milk him dry so everything he has to say <laughs> if he can. And, and then the next time he shows up anywhere, oh he already said that. I heard that before. Uh, so he 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 had his time limit and he did it.
1: Yeah. Oh he would be on his time limit. I'm not complaining in any way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh it was a delightful evening of political conversation. Uh he did some uh uh you know, um he did some dancing, as politicians uh are apt to do. You can hear you know, a little ducking and dodge every now and then, but you know, that's the game, Monroe. Yes. Uh and uh I I remember when uh J B Pritzker um came on uh the old radio show I had, and he was a candidate Pritzker at the time. And we, we had a field day when it was all over. We were, kept calling him uh, uh JB Travolta, you know, uh, a Sugar Ray, a Pritzker, because he could dance, you know. And he's um, like, <laughs> he danced and dodged his way. And sometimes I'm just I, I would uh, like the really greats. You watch him dance, and I'm like, oh, you're good. That's good. That is well done. And other guys are so clumsy at it. It's it's embarrassing, you know. What I'm saying, it's like, yeah. Tony Preckwinkle, like, it's so obvious, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but there were some moments uh, last ni- last night's show where Brandon did a little uh, ev- evasive tactics. Well,
2: but. the the important thing that I heard you say mm-hmm. is how in the back and forth he teased you and he yes, had a sense humor. That will carry, I mean, that, that was Harold's attribute uh, that he, he could mess with a report. And um, and they would leave appreciating the way he did it. Yeah.
1: And, and Harold didn't, oh, man, I love that man so much. But he, he didn't uh, hold a grudge. So I, I remember he'd get so mad at Walter Jacobson, for instance. Uh, I forget why. It doesn't even matter. Walter Jacobson for yeah. years did commentary on Channel 2.
2: Yeah, it was a so lot, lot of him mad at Walter about it. okay so
1: he, I'm sure it was something whatever it doesn't even matter the point is uh, he forgot about it He remember he did that show where Walter came to his apartment and he got an exclusive interview so the thing is he didn't hold a grudge yeah right you know he wasn't a grudge oh, oh,
2: he, you know his, his, what he told me was that Verdoliak and all the stuff he was doing Verdoliak was just being political and doing business Whereas Burke was a racist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Exactly. He yeah. told
1: me the same thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it must be true. It, it must be.
1: He told you and me. He said yeah. every day, and I'm paraphrasing, Ed Burke wakes up and thinks that there's a black man in the uh, fifth floor of City Hall, and it just really irritates him. That's what he said. Uh, that's a heck of a job, Chicago, by the way. That was the guy, Ed Burke, your finance committee chair for 40 years here's that like they put up with ed burke you know like oh he's brilliant think about this just think about this monroe like getting back to uh racial biases that people are unaware of ed burke was brilliant how many times did we read that in the press ed burke was no one knows the city council like ed burke yeah i mean he was the yes man For powerful mayors. Right.
2: What brilliance does
1: it take to pass a
2: budget? No, 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 the trick was he's a yes man to them and to let me fill my pockets. Why is he doing that on the side? (laughs) Right, exactly. Right.
1: (laughs) Chicago, this is the stuff they feed you and you eat it. And then I'm like the weirdo because I pointed out Monroe's the weirdo because he points it out. And then and Brandon Johnson points it out. He's playing the race card,
2: <laughs> right? Well, a, a, another um, little fact that your uh, listeners may not appreciate is that we are not a part of the power elite of the journalistic you know, uh, club in Chicago. We're the outsiders <laughs> for that. We're, 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 we're the troublemakers, or so they have no use for us. <laughs> Either, right?
1: Uh, yeah, that's where well, you had your moment back in 1980. And ladies and gentlemen, if you could have seen Monroe Anderson back in the day as uh Mayor Sawyer's press secretary at those Bears games, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah, I yeah, could get used to this skybox.
2: Like right, me and Michael Jordan sitting there taking in this game, got... <laughs> yeah, know, at, at, at one, one event, I can't remember, it was basketball, I think, yeah, but the the man who uh, tom cruise played uh as the idiot savant the character that he was based off of was in the next boxer, right there
1: no you're talking about dustin hoffman uh the name it was uh tom cruise uh Rain I mean, Man. dustin
2: hoffman yeah yeah right. yeah yeah. Uh, yeah no dustin hoffman was the idiot savant in- yeah and Tom Cruise was his, his, his little brother. Right. Who looked after him. Yeah. 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 But anyway, the real guy was there. It was, it was interesting. Me too.
1: Yeah. No, you were you had that moment. Uh and ladies and gentlemen, Daly hated Monroe. I mean, I don't know if actually I don't know if that's true. Burke did. Uh I don't know if Daly hated you, but man, you were. They had no use for you because he was Monroe was with uh, Sawyer. <laughs> And then when Daly came in, uh, it was Operation Get Rid of Sawyer and Harold Washington Remnants. If you follow what I'm saying, and it was like everything from now on, it was like it was the beginning of the world. You know what I'm saying, Monroe? They treated like those those years from '83 to '89. As though they were, no pun intended, oh, yeah, the Daly, dark ages. When Daly
2: first came into office, he mm-hmm. talked about how dirty City Hall was. Yeah. He needed to be cleaned up because you know how those people are. Yeah. You know <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and, and by the way, that was that's what got fed to us in the media. That's what the, the media was feeding us. City Hall was dirty, but Mayor Daly going to clean it up. City City right. Hall was poorly run,
2: and he meant physically, not um, in in the manner of which um, white politicians no. <laughs> do dirt.
1: No, he certainly didn't mean it that they were going to get rid of corruption. Exactly. Okay? that's right. not what he meant, ladies right. and gentlemen. Right. Corruption's not bad, but dirt in the hallway right. that is intolerable.
2: Yeah, you see that dust over in the corner? We'd never have that here. So, all right, because
1: here's my challenge to you, Monroe. So, as I was saying, uh, Brandon Johnson came in the office making promises, and he's got limitations. So he right. hasn't uh, all those promises have not been kept right away. So, how do you explain that? How do you deal with that? Do you say
2: he's slow,
1: <laughs> like he just just doesn't get it?
2: You're right. <laughs> A hundred days, and he hasn't fulfilled one of those promises?
1: Yeah. He hasn't eradicated racism in Chicago exactly. in a hundred
2: days? Yeah, we're not all singing Kumbaya.
1: Mayor Rahm came into office essentially, what? Promising to be fast and sleek and promote Chicago and uh just let rich guys get richer.
2: Right. How he, hard is that? Right, he's right here. He says you want to build a building high rises on this lake, uh, the lake, the riverfront? Be my guest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Screw all this paperwork and everything. He just get it done. You yeah. Know? So and, uh, you uh, know, uh, and 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 make sure Trump gets to get his name on his building because he likes that.
1: So I don't know. I uh, uh I I I I, I, I'm, I sense. I'm sympathetic to Mayor Johnson, I should say. I'm sympathetic to Mayor Johnson when he expresses that frustration. I was sympathetic to Lori Lightfoot when she expressed it. I, I, actually, I thought her uh, behavior was odious. I, I felt she went over the top more than once, and particularly uh, with JT, uh, Jeanette Taylor, when she left the podium and confronted her on the council floor. And so it was, roll my eyes, but good God. Monroe. I mean, why would they single her out for this kind of bully-like behavior and allow Rom and Daly to get a pass? Yeah. Yeah, you he, know.
2: By the way, my neighbor Steve, <laughs> uh, the the city planner. Yeah, Rom is his favorite mayor.
1: Oh, wow. good for him.
2: <laughs>
1: good for Steve. I'm sure he's done well with Rom. That's uh, a good man, Ben good man that's the other thing when they always tell me he's a good man people they get real serious Ben.
2: yeah a, right
1: okay he's a good man a little
2: serious and a little reverent
1: <laughs> a Little, yeah I love him man so anyway uh, uh brandon johnson last night uh at the high uh the high, at the promontory and appreciate it very much and ronnie i teased you but thank you very much for making it happen all right uh, a couple of things before we move on i guess in the same sort of category before we get into uh get into some of the re, uh, Trump Republican stuff. Um, you mentioned that you saw the little Richard uh, movie and the documentary about little Richard, the great yeah. rock and roller. Uh, and I plan to see it. I've been planning to see it. it's on my list. You're like the second, I think you're a second or third per- person who's told me you got to see this movie, this documentary about uh, little Richard. But I think it kind of ties to the same themes that we're talking about here today, uh, and that is like this general theme of white people confronting black people who are in a position of power, of prominence, uh, and uh and how it's challenging. Do you follow what I'm saying, Monroe? It's really the case with Deion Sanders, who I want to mention to you, but Little Richard sort of falls in that category too. It's kind of challenging.
2: Well, what was interesting, the documentary. And yeah, and I sort of knew all this stuff, but I've hidden and it all together. I mean, it's all in one documentary. Mm-hmm. And you know, because for example, uh "Tutti Frutti." I had heard that the original lyrics to "Tutti Frutti" were "Tutti Frutti, good booty," not "Tutti Frutti" or whatever. I mean, whatever the real oh, the lyrics good. are, yeah, but. But, but anyway, Richard was gay. Yes. And, and he, he, he was out there and proud of it. And in fact, he used it to his advantage because back then, uh, nobody wanted a uh, white girl's lusting after a, a black male singer. So Richard, put pancake makeup on, he had eyelashes, Uh, he had long hair, and so white people didn't have a problem with him because they figured, well, he wasn't going to be stealing their daughter. He might try and steal their sons, but their sons are too much man to be interested in Little Richard. But he did this intentionally so that he could have crossover, and as, as as many times over over the decades, if you want to be a successful black male, you really do have to emasculate yourself, unless you're playing football, maybe or basketball. Did, or did
1: in the in the documentary did uh, they have interviews where Little Richard acknowledged he was doing this, or was this just a commentary? Of or was this a commentary? No, of...
2: no, if I'm correct, he narrated a lot of the, you know. Richard was interviewed so many places yeah. so many times that they could take interviews from him and get a narration out of it where he was, he was narrating. It. Uh, and I don't know how much he was interviewed before he, cause he didn't die that long ago. No, he didn't. Right. So, and, and I don't know how long the documentary was in preparation, but he narrated a lot of it. Um, and, and and you know he argued his argument was that he was in fact the um, architect for rock and roll.
1: Well, he's one of them. Yeah. I mean, Chuck yeah. Berry. Who who would you put ahead of Chuck Berry
2: or Little Richard? I I uh, mean, Little we could... Little, after seeing this documentary, okay, Little Richard, I mean, yeah, Little Chuck Berry was no joke. Uh, no, I, Richard came first. First, yeah. Yeah, Little Richard came first. He was James Brown was one of his mentees, uh, uh and they have they have a a point in the documentary where he 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 met with the Beatles before the Beatles were the Beatles, and they were in total awe, Little Richard oh, yeah. was in London, and and um, and and they. Imitated him to some extent, yes, they did the uh the rolling stones he, he, he they opened for him at one point I mean, he was you have to see it i mean he, he and he never got paid for any of this i mean he, he got paid little yeah he, he, he didn't got get paid, the f- he got paid he didn't get, he never
1: that's an old he, story he,
2: got, he didn't get the recognition he genius. yeah, he didn't get the recognition either. He, he never got a Grammy, and so he was on in '87, I think it was. I didn't take notes. So I'm going just from what I yeah said. The documentary. He 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 did the Grammys, and he was make giving an award to somebody else, and he pointed out that he had never got one. He was reading the the, um, the 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 um, and the Grammy goes to to somebody else was. Who had gotten it and had never gotten to been given to him,
1: you know? That's an old story with the Grammys. Uh, did the Michael Jackson play that I saw, uh, which was outstanding?
2: Oh, I was, yeah, I was debating whether to go see it, but oh my, um, yeah,
1: uh, wow, it was, um,
2: oh, it'll be back,
1: yeah, it was just, it was just a sensational choreography. Everything, the the costumes—it was yeah. just a great Broadway production. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but Michael Jackson was lamenting that fact that uh, with his first big successful album as a solo performer, uh, "Off the Wall,"
2: yeah.
1: he didn't get—I forget who won that year for best uh, record—but it was. <laughs> it, it, listen, that's an old story though. With right. um, that that's just an old story. Uh, it's just kind of with the theme. But it seems like uh, Hollywood has difficulty, in, and this is the record industry, but it's basically Hollywood. The Hollywood. The, yeah. It yeah. just has a hard time with this.
2: Oh, okay, let's cut to the chase. Wherever their true power and value, then they don't want no black folks. <laughs> they want black folks to stay in their place. Yeah. So they don't want them to be there because that's their territory, yeah. not ours. And so whether it's entertainment or sports or politics, those are the three biggies.
1: To the point, Deion Sanders. Right. I urge you to start following this story. Uh, So, all right, I'll just highlight it for our listeners who are probably not sports fans. Deion Sanders was one of the greatest football players of the 80s. He was also a great baseball player, so he was one of the – Few athletes in our lifetime who played two professional sports. The other, Bo Jackson, uh, played uh, football and baseball as well. Uh, So it's very rare. You have to dedicate all your time and attention to one sport to make it. These athletes made it into two sports. Deion Stern is one of the great athletes of all time. He has emerged over the last five years as one of the great college coaches and he is, understands where college coaching where coaching is excuse me where college football is now it's professional it's essentially players can make money by selling their likeness uh, their rules have changed so players are not obligated to stay at a school and give up a year before they transfer they can transfer from one year to the next so you could effectively build a college team overnight you could do with a college team what business executives do with their private companies. You can essentially fire everybody who was at at the existing company, bring in stars, pay them money, and um, just transform the team. And that's what he's done overnight. And
2: and they would come play for Deion Sanders happily versus uh, uh, – tommy tupperville <laughs> y'all
1: tommy tupperville yeah, how yeah. is that man a coach right, right. <laughs> god damn that's great Just, right. where is the outrage over tommy tupperville somehow or other he was a coach of college football and for they, years, they, they, and, years they, and years
2: and years apparently he won i don't look i don't watch college football at all so i don't know what's going on there but but didn't he do Alabama? I think they to Alabama or something. Did I'll you? look
1: it up. I, I can't remember at the moment where he was Alabama or Auburn. Hold on, I'll tell you right now. I'm gonna have my crack team investigators look it up. I'm blanking on it right now. If Frank were here, he would tell me because he knows his football. Uh, but uh, my point is uh, is that um, Deion Sanders, yes, uh, he calls himself Prime Time, so Coach Prime. Uh, and uh, he's just very, he's just very transparent about how he's playing the game. He's playing the game to win. If you don't like it, lump it, right? The, uh, the outrage, you know what I'm saying? It's like the outrage just never ends. It just there's something about him being outspoken and speaking, you know, just speaking his oh, mind,
2: right? No, you know, it, it reminds me of that situation uh, early on in basketball when the NBA was being integrated, and this black player, I, this is something I heard. I, obviously, I wasn't paying attention to basketball back then. And anyway, he passes the ball to the, one of the star uh, white players behind yeah. his back so so that, his, so that he's making a drive to the basket. Yeah. And instead of taking the shot. He passes the ball behind his back to one of well, the star players who could get the shot it was wasn't guarded and the and the white player considered that an insult you yeah, know well, behind the back pass and took the ball and threw it at the player, the black player
1: yeah, yeah and that's
2: now that's yeah. that's 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 a standard uh i mean that's a very, very basic well, play, but back then it was like, "How dare you that's not yeah. how we play this game."
1: Yeah, by the, uh, I, I was correct. He was Auburn. He was Auburn, the, okay. head, the, the head football coach at Auburn from 99 to 08. He was also the head football coach at the University of Mississippi, okay. uh, Texas Techs, and then he closed his career with the University of Cincinnati.
2: Well, was he a uh, winning coach? Or yeah, good? he was
1: a winning coach. I mean, yeah. you know, right. he, he didn't do it uh, – Deion Sanders did. He didn't turn a team around in one year and beat TCU national TV. Right. right. And now I'm just reading all these columns. This is not good for football. This is like what? This? How is it not good? Football is a crazy sport. You're all insane for loving it so much. I mean, I.
2: And not only that, (laughs) it's not good for football because the players are getting a little bit of the pie now.
1: Yeah, oh, when,
2: when it was when it was uh, involuntary slavery, it was, it was okay. It was a good. It was, football was good back then. Okay,
1: yeah, when, yeah. When the coach was yeah. the man, and everybody right. just did right. what he said. And
2: that's, He got the five million dollars, and, and yeah, nothing. Yeah, right. and,
1: and the players got uh, food,
2: right. so they made sure <laughs> they
1: gave it. <laughs> uh, but uh, not enough for like to order a pizza at night because they were broke. So they just had to eat at the cafeteria. If right. someone bought them a pizza, they could get suspended. Uh, by the way, I am a diehard football fan, a Bears fan. I, I admit I have issues. I admit it's a, a, a violent sport. Uh, And, uh, you know, this is what I deal with. Uh, yeah, same thing with boxing. I have a love for boxing, too. So, um, Anyway, I, I'm following uh, Prime uh, with fascination. I just, I'm rooting for him. Why not? You know, uh, I, my beloved Northwestern University is so embarrassing with the hazing scandal. So I'm sort of becoming a Colorado fan for lack of an alternative. Oh, uh, and I,
2: yeah. the, the reason I'm a White Sox fan versus a Cubs fan is the White Sox integrated before, worked way before the Cubs. Yes, they
1: did. Larry Doby. No, Larry Doby uh, was uh, with the Cleveland, uh, I think it built back Cleveland Indians. But the White Sox did integrate before the Cubs. Yeah. I, um, uh, Larry Doby was the manager of the White Sox, so he, they had a black manager before the Cubs. I, the White Sox are atrocious this year, Monroe. This is one of the worst years uh, for absolutely a terrible team. All right, let's close with just a little political talk, a national political talk. We kind of stayed away from it today. Uh, our diehard Monroe uh, fans who love to hear Monroe trash Trump, uh, who I'm sure we will be back to it next week.
2: Um, we weeks
1: to go. Weeks to go on that front. Uh, there was – I just saw this story before um, uh, we went on the mic, uh, and uh, the story has been breaking really in, in uh, various newspapers uh, outside of Wisconsin over the last two weeks, Finally, catching up to it. The, the Republicans of Wisconsin are already moving to impeach uh, Judge Janet, who was just uh, elected a liberal Democrat, uh, which gives the Democrats the tilt in the Supreme Court and this is, this just illustrates, just, just illustrates, uh, Monroe, it's something that we talk about so much. The way Republicans play the game, the way Democrats play the game. Democrats are so cautious, so nervous and so scared and so worried about swing voters. Uh, and Republicans don't care. And so, uh,
2: still cheat and kill. Yes. I mean they have no, I mean, zero. Morals or principles. Yeah. Because, uh, it's the judge in Wisconsin. Uh, there's, um, a prosecutor in Florida. They don't like the fact that the prosecutor isn't, um, prosecuting the way they think people should be prosecuted. they're, they're, they're planning on removing Fannie Willis mm-hmm. from the Trump, um, prosecution in, 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 um, in Georgia. I mean, you know, if, if, if the laws don't suit their purposes, then they make new ones yeah. But do. I mean, and it's absolutely incredible. My theory, my hope, is that all of this is going to cost them big time um next year uh it's, it's going to be a republican bloodbath, starting with the presidency the dems are going to get back the house they're going to keep the senate and, and that's that's the long run the senate i mean the, the, the dems need to win so many senate seats that under normal tur- circumstances that, that would not even be a possibility well, yeah. uh, I, I, I think they're gonna get slaughtered next year.
1: Well, you have been predicting that, and, uh, uh, the, the, and the Senate back, is the a board? stretch. Yeah. The Senate is a stretch, okay. uh, and uh, it's. But the point is, they will do. Republicans do absolutely everything they can to keep that from happening. Right. Uh, and so, even when they lose. They'll try to reverse it, right, you saw that with trump right uh, and now we're seeing that in Wisconsin, right, so you don't even when you've won, you haven't won right, and uh but I
2: think the I think I'm pretty sure that the American people are fed up with this, they don't like it, you know uh Americans cheat all the time and all kind of things, but they don't like it. When you cheat blade he's supposed to do this, you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> Subtly cheat
2: right exactly you go yeah yeah you, you 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 may cheat on your spouse, but you you sneak to a, a cheap hotel and you spend a few hours with that, and that's it, you don't, you don't do like with the Europeans where you you take your mistress. <laughs> on a cruise <laughs> right? to an event a public event <laughs> yeah i was
1: like yeah i think it was uh, uh i think it was joseph kennedy the old man of the patriarch in the family yeah. who brought his mistress on a cruise with them they were yeah. going uh from well it wasn't a cruise they were going from the us to uh england i think he had his mistress and his wife on the right. on the same
2: right. ship Right. Like, man
1: right. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, Monroe, we've run out of time. And uh, so uh, another week of political talk. We'll be back next week. I'm sure there'll be more Trump talk uh, uh, on the agenda. But I just wanted to do a deep dive on uh, Brandon Johnson. So thank you very much for indulging me. All right.
2: Yeah, his his, his, his Trump's lawyers are saying that he's going to explode if he's he's he, he's forced to uh, respond. To the documents, if he's subpoenaed and he has to come in for the documents uh, indictment.
1: Yeah, explode. Like,
2: what did they mean by that? Uh What did they mean by that? If you work for Trump and something doesn't go his way, he has an adult temper tantrum. I see. And is not comfortable as an employee for you, that he's pissed off. And so I I think that's what they need. I see. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, from their perspective, it's horrible. You know, for mine, school. Have like, okay, I mean, hey, you know.
1: Yeah, explode away.
2: Exactly, right.
1: All right. Very good. Thank you much, Monroe. Also want to thank producer Chris for doing an outstanding job as he always does. I think Monroe agree with me when I say, Hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise, take
0: it out of petty cash. Take care, everybody. And remember you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews and a whole lot more at Chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben Jirofsky on Instagram at Benny J show. And like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on all your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.